Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Throughball Podcast with your host, Kizito Iweha. And today's podcast is a special one because it goes away from things that we typically talk about. And we're going into the big tournament of the month, not the FA Cup or the Carnival Cup. We're talking about the African Cup of Nations. Today's podcast, I'm going to be by myself, which I am very excited about as I get to dive deep into thoughts on what I think is a continent that is still underappreciated in terms of the talent that it produces and the quality of this tournament. This tournament typically has a stereotype of being just physical and ragged, but I think there have been a lot of tactical evolutions in the game in Africa that are worth taking a deep dive into. So once again, welcome to the Throughball Podcast. into it right away and i'm not going to go through this group by group i want to do it in a way that's more followable to everybody else before we even start i want to talk about what the main teams are the favorites as every tournament ever always has a favorite and this one is no different and to me number one favorites in this are the first team to ever make the semifinals from the continent of Africa, which is Morocco. Morocco have, with under the leadership of their manager, they have created a culture and an atmosphere of combining the natural flair that they've always been associated with, with a steel and a determination and a tactical know-how of how to overcome in big tournaments. What they showed us in the World Cup was they have the capacity to do both things, which is be both a possession-dominant team, one that plays through the lines and controls the ball, and also be a team that is capable of playing on the break if they need to, with the likes of Zayed, Hakimi, Unahi, who was an absolute star in the World Cup, and then having Al-Nasiri up top, putting away the chances. The biggest reason I think Morocco might not win is if something happens to El Nesiri. They don't have a backup striker that is worthy of carrying the mantle, carrying the torch all the way through. But I think they have the perfect blend of youth and experience to make this a deep, deep run and possibly win the whole thing. So that's why they're my number one favorites for the tournament. My number two favorites for the tournament, I'm going to stay in the North African region 
and it's Algeria. Algeria won the title last time, beating Nigeria in the process. I remember that vividly. And they've kept relatively the same core, despite their key player, Riyad Mahrez, moving over to what most things is an inferior league in Saudi Arabia. He's still a high-quality player, and they still have a high-quality team. They have players littered all over the Premier League, and they still have that direct style, which is fine. The wingers attack through there and then create something from there. They have that chemistry as well, built in from the fact that they've experienced and gone through the war. And one thing about a championship team, you have to beat them to knock them off their perch. So I think Morocco have a really, really good chance of making the back-to-back. But there are key things in there. The age of the squad is different. They, they've aged over four years. So we could see that creeping in at some point. But they have... They always find a way to turn up in these big tournaments, especially someone like Morris, who has kind of gone under the radar for a little bit. This is his chance to put himself back in that limelight of African football and world football in general. So this is a big, big, big chance for him to turn up. And I think that he could really, really impact this tournament in a way that leads Algeria all the way again. Now, my third favorites are... Senegal. Senegal, to me, are coming into the right time. I, I call them the third favorite, but deep down in my heart, I believe they're the first because they just have the perfect blend of everything that they need. The strength, the speed, the power, and more importantly, something that lacks from most West African teams, the organization. Senegal have leadership in Kalidou Koulibaly, Sadio Mane, Cheikh Kuyate, all of these guys are world-class proving players. Even someone like Idrissa Gueye, who's played, who's currently at Everton, who's played at PSG, who's played at super, super high levels. You can, you, If you go through the whole of Senegal squad, there's just littered with pure quality. And what they have on top of that pure quality is a squad that is, they just understand how to do things together. They just understand how to exist together. They understand every time you see a Senegalese squad coming off the bus, there always seems like there's such a positive energy around them. Everyone seems like they want to be around each other. And in tournaments like these, that's such a huge factor that that carries, that carries very, very far. So Senegal are my team to watch in terms of, I really think they're going to be the ones that go all the way. But if they don't, it will be, I think, down to something like penalties where they might just get the rub of the draw and, and something unfortunate happens. But I think they're in the perfect place to really push through and win the AFCON again like they've done recently. Now, my fourth favorites are actually the host nation. Ivory Coast are going through a revolution of their talent base. Gone are the days of Didier Drogba, Toure Aya, Toure Colo, Max Gradel, even if he's still on the brink of the team, Wilfred Bonny. So that golden generation of Ivorian players has 
gone past. And now there's a new crop coming in, like Simon Adingra, who's been lighting it up for Brighton in the Premier League. And I think they have, despite missing their talisman, Zaha, they have enough. And especially with being at home, there's something that comes with that in a tournament that it could lead you both ways. It could really, really destroy your chances or typically what it does, it propels you to a different level where teams just have a difficult time playing against you. And I think the Ivorian crowd will be up for it. The Ivorian players will be up for it, feeding off the crowd, and they're going to make a very, very hostile environment for every single person playing against them. So that's going to be a huge factor determining how they go forward and how, and how if they capitalize on that and they capture that moment, don't be surprised if you see Ivory Coast lifting the trophy at the end of the tournament. And now the fifth favorites that I'm going to talk about, I'm putting them fifth. And as much as my heart wants to put them first, as much as I I want to put them first, I cannot in analytical unbiasedness put them first. So I'm going to put them fifth. And that country that I'm talking about is none other than my own country, Nigeria. Nigeria has a litany of talent that is inexplicable. And it's always been the case from time, but especially in this generation, there is an unreal amount of striking power in that Nigerian team. You have somebody who I think personally is the best striker in the world right now, Victor Simet, who could carry this team on his back. And unfortunately, I'm recording this on Tuesday, January 9th, and I got the news that Victor Boniface is going to be out for the entire tournament. That is a massive blow, and that contributed to why I put Nigeria so far down on the list because this player is somebody who has been absolutely spectacular for the first half of the Bundesliga season so far. He has won the Rookie of the Month every month, so four in a row since the season started, and he has been on fire for a team that is on top of the league in Germany. This player has everything, speed, skill, strength, finishing, and watching him combine with Victor Osimhen or even the prospect of him combining with Victor Osimhen is such a mouth-watering prospect for Nigerian fans. And it's very unfortunate that we're going to have to wait until the next major tournament to have to, to feel that impact and to understand what that could be. You know, so it's a very unfortunate circumstance that he's injured, but there's still lots of replacements there, which Terran Murphy, who plays in Nice, who are second in Ligon, second five points just behind PSG, and he's contributed to 44% of their goals this season with six goals and two assists. You have Sadiq Umar, who is doing a great job at Real Sociedad, a team who's taken La Liga by storm, who are through in the, in the round, into the round of 16 of the Champions League, and he features regularly for them. And then you have more guys who are someone like Kelechi Yanacho, who is playing at a very, very high level for a Leicester team that is blowing away the championship right now. So Nigeria has a core attacking force, and I haven't even mentioned the likes of Ademola Lukman on the wings, the likes of Simon Moses, who has been always terrific. So, Samo Chukweze, who's at AC Milan. So there's a, there's a breath, there's a plethora of talent up front. 
But the problem with that is the game isn't just played up front. You have to get the ball up there. And that's the problem the team faces. Not because of the quality of the players behind them, but I think more in terms of the tactical setup and the understanding of how they're trying to get the ball to those players. If they can figure it out, if they can understand how to create chances for the quality strikers they have, this could be a tournament where this team revels and everybody is shocked by how well they perform. But the beauty and the pain of supporting Nigeria is it's the hope that kills you. Because the same way you can look at these players and say, man, look at the prospects that they have. That could also be what haunts us because they go up there and then fail to perform. And then it becomes even more of an eyesore because over the past couple of big tournaments, Nigeria has failed miserably. They even failed to qualify for the last World Cup, which was just unfathomable and they managed to pull it off. So this could be one of the roller coaster teams to follow where if you are looking for a team that will have your heart racing from minute one to minute 90, regardless of how good or bad they are, Nigeria might be the team for you to watch. And as you get onto the rest of the other teams that are on here, I think dark horses for me are teams like South Africa. South Africa have hit a good stride. They started to play more to their style of play. And if they catch fire, they can surprise some teams. And of course, you have the big boys like Ghana. Ghana, who, as much as I despise their football, as much as we have this local rivalry, it doesn't take somebody with a massive brain to understand that there's a breath of talent there. So Ghana could be one of those teams that if they get hot at the right time, they can make something happen. But they haven't shown anything over the past couple of tournaments or over the past couple of games even to show that they're worthy of being looked at as contenders. So that's Ghana forcing that second tier of teams for me. Another team in that tier for me is Egypt. And the only reason why Egypt are in that tier and not lower is because of they have Mo Salah. Mohamed Salah is a player that can light up an entire tournament and just turn it on his head. And the Egyptian fans have been highly critical of him in tournaments, fairly or unfairly. I, who, whoever decides that is, is their choice, but the criticism has been labeled on him that he's not the same player for Egypt as he is as Liverpool, which to be fair to him, he doesn't have the same quality of talent. However, when you play for your country, nobody cares. Everybody sees you as a guy. Everybody's expecting you to pull off a miracle. And if you don't, they label that criticism on you as a sellout. So he's having to battle with that. Yes, he qualified them for the World Cup and he has legendary status there. But following forward from that, he hasn't really captured any silverware for that country. So as time ticks along, he starts to feel that pressure more and more. This might be one of those situations where he gets to rise to the occasion and deliver something, take them far, or even surprise everybody and maybe even win it. Or it could just fall into the same lineage of Mo Salah at, with Egypt at tournament. So that would be one to look out for. Another team that's in that mix of the dark horses is Cameroon. Cameroon are not, natural was the word that came to my mind, but the word I was looking for is habitual winners in Africa, especially in the 
late 90s to early 2000s, Cameroon was a team to be feared. They had the cut of jerseys. They had the scary look. They had the quality. They had the, everything you could think of. And over time, Cameroonian football has kind of just faded into the darkness. So with Samuel Eto back as the head of the federation, he's starting to put things together. But there's a silent disrespect that's going on there with their talisman goalkeeper, Andre Onana, who's choosing not to show up for the tournament up until the first day because he decided to stay longer with his club, Man United. That is an embarrassment, and that's something that the Federation should not stand for. If they play him, it will be a huge slap in the face to all the other players who showed up early, and that kind of thing is what causes teams to fall apart because they start to feel okay, there's a favoritism here. Okay, the discipline is not being respected. The standards are not being set properly. If he can break the rules, why don't I get to break the rules? So things like that are typical of African football, unfortunately. And it would be one of the reasons why Cameroon don't go as far this tournament. The talisman versus Abubakar is getting older. They don't have really that much up-and-coming talent to fill in the spots, at least any of note to talk about. So Cameroon are in a very, very precarious position where they could really, really fall off the map as one of Africa's premier teams. So watch out for their performance in this tournament. And then the final team in that dark horse category, I said final before, but one more final, is Tunisia. Tunisia just have a pesky pesky, pesky nature to their tournament performance. They will always have players who are on the fringes of European teams, but when they come together, they become greater than the sum of their parts. So there's something special that Tunisia managed to always capture, especially at African Cup of Nations tournament. Not as much in World Cups. They did well in the past World Cup, to be fair to them. They did really well with the system that they have, with Wabi Kajri leading the lines with his experience. But I think there's only so much you can tap from the Wabi Kajri well. So Tunisia are in a position where they could really, really do something with that squad unity they have, but they could also just fizzle out and nobody hears about them for the rest of the tournament. Okay, so those are my favorites and my dark horses. And then I'm going to touch on some teams that could be interesting to watch for me. Teams like the Gambia. I love the Gambia. I love what they've been doing with their young talent. I love how they've been very, very intentional about development and the profile of players that they're looking for. So within the next 10 years or so, be on the lookout for players coming out of the Gambia because they're doing some things really, really well over there. They're really focusing on the youth development, the technical side of the game, really the understanding they're bringing in have really good academies, really, really good structure. So that's something that in the long term will pay off for the Gambia, just not right now, in my opinion. Another team that could be interesting to watch is DR Congo. They always have a flair that they play with. They always have a something about that team is just joyful to watch. They play like a very random style of play that if you are not, on your game, you could just get embarrassed on that day. So the DR Congo, and they have a favorable draw as well. So within their group, if they come out and get momentum, they could be one of those teams where if you just slip up, 
you find yourself out of the tournament to the DR Congo. So all in all, that is my African Cup of Nation preview for the teams. Now let's get down to the players. Who do I think is going to be the player of the tournament? Now this is where I stop thinking with my head as much and I start going with my heart. But I'll give you both. The player who I want to be the player of the tournament, because if he is the player of the tournament, that means Nigeria won the whole thing, would be Victor Osimhen. Victor Osimhen is carrying the mantle of the reigning African player of the year. So this is a tournament where there are going to be lots of eyes on him. The attention on him is going to be very heavy. So he has the responsibility of showing up and being that talisman. And if he does, he has all the wins in his cell to win the player of the tournament. Who do I think will actually win the player of the tournament? I think it will go to Sadio Mane. Senegal are in a good place. They really, really are in a good place. They, they found what works for them. They found understanding between them. Sadio Mane has been out of the spotlight in playing in Saudi Arabia, but he's playing with Ronaldo. And Ronaldo has a thing about when people get to work with him, they get to understand what work ethic look like. Not Sadio Mane has an excellent work ethic, I don't doubt it, but there's a certain level of professionalism that Cristiano brings to everything. There's a drive that when you work with somebody like that, you get to understand what it takes to be a higher level player. So I think Sadio Mane can come in with that level of inspiration and really drive his team to go further again into the tournament. So I think Sadio Mane ends up being the player of the tournament. Who do I think is going to be the top goal scorer? This one is a tough one for me. This one is a very tough one for me because obviously there's, there's, a, there's a few names that pop up. Salah, Osimhen, Mane. But I think, I think someone sneaky is going to do it. I think someone sneaky is going to do it. I think this is... It kills me to say this, but I think with the amount of chances this team creates and with the level of competition that they're going to be playing against, I think, I think, El Nesiri pips that golden boot, especially in that first round where he gets to play against Tanzania, Zambia, and DR Congo. Those are opportunities to fill up the bag and progress from there. So I think El Nesiri takes that golden boot I wouldn't be surprised if, of course, Oseman pops up. Even someone like Nico Jackson can get a couple of goals here and there. But I think Elnesiri takes it at the end of the day. And then the Golden Glove, I think, is going to go to Yusuf Bono, who was absolutely spectacular at the World Cup. And I don't see anything slowing down anytime soon. I think he's just in great form. I think the team just rallies around him. He knows how to really, really motivate that group and they understand and enjoy playing with and for each other. So I think he could easily walk away with the Golden Glove. But all in all, I think this is going to be a very exciting tournament to watch. It kicks off January 13th with the first game being Ivory Coast versus Guinea-Bissau. So that will be something. Get into watch as many games as you can. It's going to be a very spectacular tournament. You're going to get to learn lots and lots about the African game. You're going to get to enjoy the flair, the joy of the African game. And as usual, you can always reach out to us 
via email with your comments, your thoughts. I want to hear all your predictions. Tell me who you think is going to win the whole thing. Tell me if you think I disrespected your country and tell me your reasons why. If I didn't mention your country, tell me why they were worth a mention. And I'm looking forward to hearing from every single one of you. And once again, this has been the Throughball Podcast with I, your host, Kizito Iweha. And I look forward to hearing from all of you soon. Take care.